Welcome back to another edition of Sports Any Way You Want It. It is Thursday, October 1st, 2020. I'm Alex Frank. I almost said Alex Freeze. Oh, Alex. I almost pulled a Phil Rizzuto there. He's Zach Freeze. I'm Alex Frank. Welcome to Sports Any Way You Want It. It's October. I can't believe it's October. And it feels like it, too. Almost through this year. You know, we're almost there. We're getting there. Yeah, but who's to say, like, 2021 is going to be better than 2020? My that's, what, that's what everyone's been saying, but like... My gut tells me it'll be better. Unless there's another global pandemic that wants to make its rounds next year. Uh, I don't think this one will be... I don't think next year could be worse. Um, it, I mean, unless like aliens want to join the party or something and they're well, you know... And they welcome themselves on yeah, the or, or, or something. Or these vaccines, or these uh, trials, and they don't go well for a vaccine. Unless they, yeah, unless and there's if, some uh, sort And of if a... Donald Trump gets reelected, I'm not trying to throw politics in there, but I'm just saying if Donald Trump gets reelected, I'm telling you right now, this country is not going to improve. It's not. Well, I mean. I don't have to be a politician. I know nothing about politics, but I do know this. I've never agreed with a celebrity and a businessman running our country. Yeah, especially well, especially when when there's a global pandemic going on. I've made it clear I am a non-polit. I don't. Uh, I try to be apolitical. I don't really have a. I try not to have a party affiliation. I really don't. I'm just like kind of. I think politics is a divider. So I try to. Uh, you didn't watch the presidential try debate to on stay Tuesday, away. did you? I, I watched some of it because. Wow, you did better than me. For for the sole reason that. Uh, the 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 uh, the Indians uh, Yankees game was the was in the uh, other disaster that was going on in Cleveland. So we had two disasters. Oh yeah, that was that was a blowout. So wow, you turn it off for that? Good. F- that's some dedication right there. Oh, it was miserable to watch. Oh, I heard. Uh, but, anyway, uh, we're not trying to make this about. It. We're not trying to make this show about politics. This is politics. politics. This is this is sports any way you want it. Um, so. It's funny how we, you know, when we when we were on the the threshold of 2020 and the roaring 20s and the new decade and all, you know, <laughs> so, so much anticipation and so much high expectations, and a lot of those expectations were on the Reds, and they were going to have they were poised to have a really good season, and I remember thinking, Zach, I remember thinking after they had spent. All that money in free agency. What could possibly go wrong? Well, China had the answer for that. <laughs> um, now, thankfully, there still was a season, a 60-game season. Call it fake. Call it, what it, call it what you will. It was a season. The Dodgers didn't make any excuses. They went 40 and whatever. The Reds, they did make the playoffs. Um, as we sit here today, the Reds are officially eliminated from the playoffs. Um, they did not score a run in two games. Um, Zach, I'm going to let you take the lead here because I know you're big on the Reds. Fake season anyway. No, I'm just kidding. Um, look... It doesn't take a mathematician to understand or realize that um, you can't win games um, by scoring zero runs. Um, and at the, at the end of the day, this is what has been a problem all year long. It's been um, consistency with 
getting guys on base, getting guys home with hits, with just a couple of like stringing together hits has been this team has been a bugaboo for this team, and uh, it's been they've relied so much on the home run ball, it almost like it feels like they played themselves into a corner with it, and um, you you just you can't expect to win games when you are relying solely on the home run ball because you got guys like Max Fried and uh, Ian Anderson that are just, I mean, the Reds didn't have a lot of hard hit balls, let's just be honest. The first game was just the game of missed opportunities. I mean, how many times did it seem like they had, you know, two guys on? First and third, nobody out. Bases loaded, one out. I mean, they left 14 base runners on. They had 11 hits in 13 innings. And uh, they had, they left 14 guys on. Hat, like, there's just so many blunders. You know, there's a double steal with Aquino. There's, you know, Shidvato have tried to score on that one play. It's, it makes your head, it just makes your head spin almost. It's like um, the opportunities that were missed in the first game. It's like, to be honest, today felt meaningless. Um, it just felt like yesterday was such a big missed opportunity. Today just felt like it wasn't going to be a game they were going to win because how many times are you going to be able to hold that lineup and check the way they did yesterday? One run. They give up one run. Bauer was phenomenal. The whole bullpen was phenomenal. Yeah, Archie Bradley gave up a couple hits, but I can't blame it on him. I mean, he's he's been great for us. So uh, I, I don't – I just – it was gonna today was gonna be tough. They were gonna have to scratch some runs across early. They did nothing basically today offensively, and you're not gonna be able to hold the best offense in baseball to one run again. It's just not gonna happen. As much as it looked like they were going to, they're, not, they're the best offense in, in baseball for a reason. And you know the Reds got what they deserved. I mean they didn't they didn't cash in when they had their opportunities, and um, they got beat. And it's it's it's. It's so frustrating because the great starting pitching they got, Louie pitched great today, and Bauer maybe made his last start as a Red yesterday and was unbelievable. Bauer had an unbelievable stretch, maybe the most dominant stretch of pitching from a Red I think we've seen. Um, it's it's painful. Um, it's not and it's it's not even the way. It's not even you know they lost to a good team. Atlanta's great. Um, they can hit and. It just felt like it was a matchup that they had a shot in. Like, I mean, they were right there through. It's not like Atlanta was head and shoulders above the Reds. It was just like I mean, you got missed opportunities, so many missed opportunities, and it just didn't go your way. And um, but you have they have nothing, nobody to blame but themselves. It's not anybody else's fault. They the offense, it's. Didn't do do their job, and it was we should have seen it coming because, you know, they started to heat up a little bit at the end of the year. But still, it was a lot of home run manufactured runs off the home run ball. Eventually, you're going to have to if you want to win a championship, if you want to beat these great teams, you you have to rely on stringing hits together and sack flies and stuff like that. So they didn't do that. They get what they deserve. They had a fun stretch the last two weeks, so I appreciate them make, coming back to make the playoffs after they looked dead. Uh, I guess I'd, I'll, I'll take this over, you know, them just flaming out and going 25 and 35. Um, 
So I guess I guess we have that the, the last couple weeks stretch run, but felt like just I don't know the expectations to me were to maybe win a playoff series this year um, going into this, no matter what. And they didn't do that, and now they're going to take a long hard look in the mirror and, and they don't have to I don't I, I think some people were gonna overreact and say they gotta do this, they gotta do that, they gotta blow it up. I think some of it is bad luck. I think you don't have a two forty five BABIP and say, you know, well, you know, we're just bad we're a bad you know, this team can't hit at all. I think these guys are better than what they showed. I really do. I think I think Nick Castellanos is a better hitter than that. Um I think even Moustakas is. I, we know Suarez is. Um, I think I think Senzel is better than that, even though we don't know 100%. Um, we haven't seen enough of Senzel. Uh, but changes have to be made. Um, it doesn't have to be blown up. Like, we don't have to fire everybody. I think maybe a change at hitting coach, uh, Alan Zinter might have to go because, it, like, he wasn't a good hitting coach in San Diego. Uh, or he didn't manufacture good offenses there, so I don't know what you know. He didn't manufacture a good offense here either, so maybe that's a, a direction you you go in. Uh, and I think they need a shortstop desperately because they're just lacking any sort of depth in the organization. We, they tried Jose Garcia. I don't think he's ready. I think it's pretty clear that guy. Unfortunately, he's young, so I can't. You know, I'm, he's a young guy. He hasn't played in. Get him some at bats in Double A. Uh, Galvis is a free agent. I mean, they, this team's going to have to. There, there's going to have to. Moves are going to have to be made if they want to be serious again. Because look, at the end of the day, we can we can coot and holler and scream and yell and be upset. It was a 60 game season, so baseball's 162 games. Um, so you have, um, I guess, I'm not even going to say you have that crutch or that excuse, but. I would be curious to see this group with 162 games with a few changes made. Uh, obviously, you don't want to lose your best pitcher with Trevor Bauer, but that looks like it's a very strong possibility and something they've got to address. Uh, I would try and sign Bauer, try and get him whatever he wants. I know he might probably only going to sign a one-year deal, but I would work. I mean, he's your best player, basically, so I think he would. I would, I would work day and night to try and... Somehow, if I can make Trevor Bauer Cincinnati Red, I would do it. Um, sorry for the long tangent, but I have a lot to say on the matter. And, uh, it's frustrating. Um, it's frustrating, but um, we can't say we're, I'm shocked that it ended like this because of what, what happened offensively all year long, basically. So let's, go, let's, let's run this back in 21. I don't think this team is, has – I don't think it's a lack of – talent all the way around. I think there's plenty of talented guys on this team. I think there is enough there where they have building blocks and they have things that they really that are that work this year and but I think at the end of the day you got to be able to hit somewhat, right? Got to be able to hit. Can't hit 210. Part of that's bad luck, part of that's guys not getting on base enough. So I'll leave it with that, I guess. It's not it's it is it's it's disappointing, but um, we'll see where we go in 21, I guess. Seven years ago today, the Reds played their last playoff game prior to this year in Pittsburgh. And we all know 
what happened in that game. Um, my hope is that the current situation with the franchise is not what it was in 2013. And I, what I mean by that is I hope that the window is opening yeah. this time around. Because to me, looking back, it felt like the window was closing in 2013. Because it, it, it just felt like that. And we remember 2014 where... Um, who was injured at the start of that season? I'm trying to think of who was injured because it felt to me... It wasn't, it wasn't Homer, was it? I think it was. Because our starting rotation, which was very good that year, was Cueto. It was Latos. Latos. Yeah, Latos. Singrani, who pitched brilliantly in place of Latos. Uh, Bronson Arroyo. I don't think he was on that team. He's not, not? Not in 14. Okay. Who am I thinking? Who was our number three starter then? Homer was. Cueto, Cueto Singrani. Wasn't Homer, Homer missed really? 10 starts. Or, yeah, Homer missed quite a few starts. He who missed was, like 10 who starts. Who was our rotation then? I'll look it up real fast. Cueto, um, Latos, Mike Leak was on that team? Cueto, Mike Leak, Simon, Homer Bailey. Forgot about Fredo Simon. Latos, Singrani. Um, there was another those one. Those are the major guys that made starts. I feel I mean, like there was another one, though. I mean, the only other guy that made five starts was David Holmberg. So. Wow. So those those six were the yeah, major starters. And, you know, also it was Dusty Baker. He didn't get fired. He was He stepped down. So then they replaced him with Brian Price. I still think that was a terrible move. Um, Brian Price wasn't a good manager. But. No, he was a da- he was a damn good pitching coach. Um, but it felt like 2014 for as much as for as much talent as that team had, it felt like that talent was getting old. You, I was looking on Twitter today, Zach, and people were talking about that the Reds don't have a great young hitter. The Braves have that in Ronald Acuna. They don't develop their own hitters. They're the um, very well. The who else? The mm-hmm. Padres have Fernando Tatis Jr. Nationals have Juan Soto. Yeah, they're not in the playoffs, but that's a that's I mean, another example. Like, okay. Um, the Dodgers have Cody Bellinger. Mm-hmm. The um, the Cubs the Cubs developed all their hitters. The Marlins, who do they have? Um, I mean, young hitters that they... I mean, Brian Anderson's a great hitter. Brian Anderson. Um, Um, I'm trying to think of who else in the playoffs. Uh, Look at the White Sox. Yeah, I mean... Oh, that's a great example. Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu. Eloy Jimenez. Mm -hmm. Um, So, what we're seeing is, you know, the Reds have Joey Votto, who's been with the organization for... It feels like forever. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but the other guys in their lineup, Castellanos, Moustakas, um, those are free agents. And they're not young. So for as much talent as there is on this team, and I feel like the window is opening, at least I hope it is, next year's a pivotal year. If you're Dick Williams and Nick Kroll, you can't screw up. There's gotta be. You can't you can't make the same mistake that Walt Jockety made for as great of a GM as Walt Jockety was. <coughs> excuse me. You can't excuse me. You can't make the same mistake that he made in 2014, where they did nothing at the deadline, and it ultimately cost them years of contention. 
Now, they did rebuild. I will give the Reds plenty of credit for that. Senzel, um, Suarez, Castillo, Sonny Gray, um, Trevor Bauer, all those guys that are products of either the rebuild or free agent acquisitions or trade deadline deals, they've all been fantastic. And this team, as you said, Zach, is very, very talented. There's talent. Now, I I was not... I said, okay, coming into the season, I'm like, okay, they're going to have a winning record. I don't know if they're a playoff team. I don't know if they're, they're going to win the division. Were they going to contend? Absolutely. The whole point of this season was to be a contender. I didn't know because I thought the Cardinals were the favorites. I thought the Cardinals were the favorites. The Cubs, for as much as it felt like they lost last year, keep this in mind. Their entire infield was still intact this year. And the Cubs ended up being the number three seed this year in the National League. Now, it was a 60-game season. As you said, Zach, I'm interested in seeing had we had a full season what this club would have done with the ups and downs that come with that long of a season. What they would have done at the trade deadline. Trade deadline. I think they would have been buyers without question. Now, there was a deadline, but I, I still think there shouldn't have been. I'm glad there was. Well. They got Archie Bradley. I mean, they, it gives teams like the Padres, like, they can, they gives them a shot to like be like, hey, let's go all in. You know, let's try for and it. They, but the thing is to me, like, you know, Normally, when you hit the trade deadline, you're 100, 110 games in. Yeah. I think the Reds would have been probably around maybe 60 and 50 Yeah. at best. Maybe 55 and 55, somewhere around there. That's they, the thing we'll never know. It's like, where would this team... It would have been interesting to see where this team would have been in that you know 90-game range. Like, Would they have been still around 500? Would they have... Were they kind of hitting their stride and they were off to the races and they would have been, you know, 55, you know, 20 games over or 15 yeah. games over? We don't know. Probably and, not 15. And I think Luis over. Castillo would have had some really good numbers because he at one point was 0-5 this year. And Again, I'm now, not going to say it. Castillo's going to, guys, Castillo's going to be fine. He's great. He's electric. He throws 98. He's got an electric changeup. If he gets a slider going, this kid, I mean, this guy is going to be special. So we don't have to panic on this kid. Last seven, eight starts of the year this year, he was about as good as anybody. He was right there with just about anybody. R-E-L-A-X. It's going to be all right. Yeah, the complete game that he had at St. Louis and then the the shutout he had against the Pirates mm-hmm. were two vintage Luis Castillo starts. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not worried about him. And then he also pitched... Um, well against the Brewers in that mm-hmm. first game here in Cincinnati in the final week of the regular season. Definitely. Um, I, I'm i not concerned with Castillo. The reason why we were all freaked out is because of a 60-game season. Yeah. If it's a 162-game season, you're not freaking out. No. Because he probably ends up maybe 12 13 wins Probably maybe so. maybe a step down from last year unfortunately but at the same time i mean you look at what trevor bauer did he probably would have won about 12 games if he had i mean if, if this pitching staff had run support you'd have four guys with at least fifth, with 15 wins and he might have one or two with 20 definitely that's how good this pitching rotation is but again you have to you have to understand that this offseason 
You have the talent, you have the veterans, you have the experience. If this was a full season, Joey Votto would have hit 25 home runs. I mean, I, I listened, you and Elliot were talking about this on the rally cap. Thanks for the plug. That Joey Votto, he has to do a good job of that. Joey Votto would have had a pretty nice season as far as home runs. Power, yeah. Power yeah, I mean, he was, he was mashing balls. Um, and then I think about Jesse Winker and the stretch that he had. And in a 60-game season, it, it, it's not enough time to, you know, for teams to really develop and go through the ups and downs, and then you know who's the real contenders. Like, I guarantee you in, in a 162-game season, the Blue Jays aren't going to the playoffs. The right. Marlins, who knows? I don't think so. I mean, the only teams that I can realistically say, the only teams that I think would have been in the playoffs would have been the Dodgers. I think the Rays. The Rays. Well, I they, the they would have been in the playoffs. I don't know if they would have won. Would they have won the division? I don't know. I think they would have been a playoff. They team. wouldn't have. I, I don't think they would have won the division. The A's, I, I, I think, think would have been in the playoffs. Oakland, Houston, Minnesota, um, the Yankees, Cleveland, maybe. Maybe. Um, but. The Braves, if we didn't mention them already. And, and like you said, Zach, the Braves are a very talented team. Braves are great. I mean, their lineup's great. Yeah, and I mean, if they would have stayed, if their pitching would have stayed healthy, they would have they would have given the Dodgers a good run at this, and they still could, I guess. But think about okay, yeah, because like they, I mean, think about the they showed this graphic today on ESPN. It was you know Mike Soroka who had a that was a really devastating injury. I remember when the night it happened. Mike Soroka injures his Achilles. Cole Hamels only throws three innings, short of fatigue, shut down. Mike Fulton Nevish was released. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Newcomb was another guy they thought yeah. they were going to rely on. And then there was another one, too, that they showed. Well, King Felix, but he's 50. He opted out. So. Okay. So, yeah. this I mean, the Braves. <coughs> now, you think about what the Braves did have. Ian Anderson had a nice great. end of the season. Max Freed was solid yesterday. This, this Atlanta pitching staff, and, and keep in mind, this is the Atlanta Braves. Think about how young they are. I mean, they got guys. They got contributions from guys they didn't think they yeah. would. That. that this is that some of these guys getting injured. You don't. I mean, it may have been the best thing to happen to them because they were able to see, like, oh my, like, look at what we have here. Like, look at what these younger guys can do. I mean, like, somewhere. I mean, somewhere. Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, and John Smoltz, and John Schurholz, They're all and Leo Mazzone. I mean, they're all smiling at what about the organization has. Cause I'm not saying that these guys are what they, what they were, but, no, but they got I some mean, good young pitching. I now. will say this: they have three straight division titles, and now they finally won a postseason series. Of course, they had to do it against the Reds. Did I mention that I'm ATL born? Yet, you Braves guy? Are you? Are the no. Braves, Are you cheering for the Braves? No, I mean, I'll, I'll, you know. I'll be happy for them if they continue to have success in the postseason. And I rooted for them last year, one, because I am was born in Atlanta, two, because I can't stand the Cardinals. So, but no, I mean, you know, the Reds, I mean, if you would have told me on, if you would have told me yesterday morning that the Reds were going to lose the first two games of the series, only surrender six runs in two games, to one of the great offensive teams in the majors and lose both games. Incomprehensible. I don't know if I... Well, well, this is Cincinnati. I mean... But it's still... It's just like... They, I, would, they, I wouldn't have they believed re, you. They reinvent new ways to just just tear you down. Like, they reinvent just heartbreaking ways. Yeah, I mean, who? I mean, you, you couldn't have told me that the Reds were going to lose a, a, a one nothing game in 13 innings. 
the longest scoreless game in MLB postseason history. And you think about all the chances that they had yesterday. How many times did they have the bases loaded? It was definitely more than once. The first inning they had an opportunity. If you if you score in that first inning, I think that 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 creates a chain reaction to a lot of other things that could have happened yesterday. Trevor Bauer pitched unbelievably. Seven. Pitched. I want him. I want him to stay out there for as long as he could have. Now, David Bell. If you're going to say that David Bell didn't manage the game as far as the bullpen was concerned yesterday, well, stop. Yeah. He did. He did fine. Iglesias pitched well yesterday. So Lorenzen, was... Lorenzen was pumping gas. Um, Matt, Matt Vaskersen called him the physical specimen, which he is. I mean, he he's pretty built. Um, uh, Luke, Luke, Lucas Sims. He pitched great. yesterday, right? Yeah. Okay, why am I asking you that? Uh, he did. And then, like, look, I mean, you lost the game by bringing in your, your lefty specialist against the best left-handed hitter in Major League Baseball. I can't blame the, David Bell for doing that. The dam is going to break eventually. Like, if you, like, you're only going to be able to hold off this offense for so long. You can't blame the bullpen. You can't blame the pitching. You can't blame that any of that. It's, it's just the missed, the missed opportunities with guys in scoring position. It, the worst part was it just felt like that first inning, like you knew it was going to come back to haunt them. Because you get the first, was it two of the first three pitches they get hits, right? Or two of the first very, four pitches? Very quick inning. And just like nothing after that. You got nothing. So first inning felt huge. Felt like it, it loomed rather large yesterday. So I don't know why. Yeah, and, and Trevor Bauer couldn't have pitched any better than he did. And I mean, he didn't give up a hit until the fourth inning. You lose a game where you you get 11 hits, and you only give up six in 13 innings. I mean, I mean that's just so Cincinnati right there. They can do so many things well, but they can't do one huge thing well. Or in the wise words of Scott Van Pell, one big thing, and that's win. And this team simply did not do that. And, you know, for all the – I mean, you know how I feel. The curse is alive and well. I mean, if this is – this has to be the worst of the worst, where you get shut out um, – twice in a row now it's a best of three series expanding the field for the postseason i don't know i mean i can i i I, kind of see it both ways it was a shortened season so i don't think i'm not in favor but if they did it it would be whatever the reds i mean the reds would have a better shot of making the playoffs every year but i think it kind of cheapens it i think it kind of just like it's kind of i don't know the playoffs should be an accomplishment that the best of the best you know they earn their way there not just yeah some meat like the brewers didn't deserve to make the playoffs no let's be honest and neither did toronto i mean like when we think i mean we talk about this in the nba too like you know you see teams with losing records make the playoffs and in the nhl you see teams that are not very good make the playoffs especially this year where you had you know 24 you had 24 teams in the two bubbles. Chicago was absolutely terrible this season and yet they got to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, what are I mean I, I mean, yeah. you know, now I get the I would play. I will say this. And we're getting on the topic here of expanding the MLB postseason. I would say this. Keep it at 10 teams. Because I was I was one for not expanding the playoffs when it went to 10 teams after the 2011 season and into 2012. I was not for a second wild card. But now, a division title, to me, is still, is still incredibly valuable. Because let me put it to you this way. 
if you're in a division with, with two teams who are both great and they're both winning 100 games, the team who takes the division title has an astronomical... Uh, how do I say this, Zach? The team that takes the division title saves themselves a lot of stress. And the team that finishes in second is in a one-game playoff where if they lose all what they accomplished in the regular season, out the door. No way should one season come down in the playoffs to one game in Major League Baseball. The NFL is different. The NFL is different. That's fine. March Madness, completely. March Madness, that's fine. One and done. dance. Yeah, that's fine. But Major League Baseball, no way should you you play 162 games. Like I'm trying to think, Zach, who has been? I mean, the Yankees in 2018 won 100 games, and they had to play in the wild card game. It's now, they, now they were now they, now they were com- they o- completely overmatched the A's. And I, I, they won the game fine. But what I'm saying to you is, you're telling me that. Two teams, four teams, two teams in each league should have their season come down to one game. No. If you're, okay, so we, my two suggestions are this. You either make the wild card round best of three. And if you want to yeah. play, if you want to play the higher team, higher seed teams ballpark, fine. And, and, you know, you, you, you don't make it where, by the way, I can't wait till next year where we play a doubleheader and the road team is not the home team. What are we doing there? <laughs> That's just, I That's mean. That's wacky. It's yeah. 2020, Al. I know. Yeah, so you make it best of three. Like, I mean, you think of some of the great wild card mashups in the past. Um, Cardinals Braves. Ugh. That the, the infamous infield fly game. That's a bad one. Best of three. Braves get another chance. I like the best of three idea. Okay, or or what you do is if you want to expand it further, which I don't really see a need. You could go. You could go. Actually, let me. Let me put it to you this way. The division series should be best of seven. Red Sox, Yankees, when they played in the division series in 2018, no way should that be best of, best of five. It's not enough. I don't hate that. I mean, the NBA playoffs, they changed the first round from best of five to best of seven in 2003. So, I agree. yeah, I mean, in the NHL's best of seven the entire way through. I just feel like, you know, for as great as the MLB postseason is, there are some flaws. I think you can make the wild card round best of three and then make the division series best of seven, league championship series best of seven, world series best of seven as well. I was also one for saying you could go 12 teams, do a similar style to what the NFL playoffs used to do. That might be a little much, though, but I mean... I'm with you on on the best of three. I like the idea... I, I'd like I don't hate I don't like expanded playoffs I might like something I, I might like something to even the playing field a little bit with the, when you got if you add uh, best of three to a you know the ten teams in the playoffs but I've always thought look playoffs are for the teams that earned it teams that you know that they were they were great you know they were at the top of their division or you know, uh, a wild card finisher 
um, in that and throughout over the course of the season. I don't think you know we get oh you get second place you get in there you get I'm 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 with I'm under the uh, impression that you earn your way to the playoffs. This isn't just something that gets handed out to just crummy teams or mediocre teams. You earn your way there, and so. I mean, it should be that way. Well, in baseball, especially. Especially like, over 162-game grind. Yeah, that's why I was kind of against adding another team because I was worried that it would take away, you know, a division title. But it almost, to me, a division title means more. I know I, know I said earlier that, you know, it still has great value to winning a division title. But you think about it used to be three division winners and then – one team from the remaining teams in the entire league, the American and the National Leagues, that was the only other team that got in. And the seeding, too, it was like, well, you can't play a divisional opponent in the first round. So it was like four versus two, one versus three. And one year, and then it could be one versus four and two versus three the next. No, what are we doing here? Yeah. That's why I like this a lot better, to create those divisional matchups in the in the division series, what have we had? Yankees, Orioles, Yankees, Red Sox, Pirates, Cardinals, um, Cubs, Cardinals in twenty fifteen, uh, Diamondbacks, Dodgers. I mean, we've had some divisional matchups yeah. before, but what I'm saying is, you know, two teams should not have their seasons after 162 games come down to one game. Now, if there's a if there's a tie for if there's a tie for the second wild card, let's say, if you want to have a winner-take-all game for that, fine. Remember 2018, you had two for the divisions. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with one game for that. Yeah, I'm okay with that because you're because you're still you're still getting in the playoffs. Yeah. But then don't. But then in the playoffs, don't have your season come down to one game, please. I agree. Now we. I mean, I, I didn't really talk about a whole lot about the games like you did, Zach. But like what I'm saying. I mean, look. This is <laughs> this is just another example of the Cincinnati sports curse. Like we get shut out two games, and that's all we play in the division series. I remember 2010. The Reds get outscored. If my math serves me correctly, 13 to four. And the Reds got all four runs in game two against the Phillies. And by the way, they led 4-0 in that game. And then um, the bullpen just imploded. And the Reds got shut out, no hit, by... God, that 10-year anniversary is coming up. Is there going to be like some oral history in The Athletic about that? Do you think? I don't know. know. There probably will be. Um, There should be for something like that. I mean, that was a historic game. You think about it, Roy Holiday, no hits the Reds. And that was October, I want to say it was October 6th. I could be wrong. Sounds about right. Um, it was a Wednesday, it was a Wednesday night. Uh, and then game, and then the game here in Cincinnati, Cole Hamels throws a complete game five hitter. Oh, good. So, wow. yeah, that was good. so two shutouts in that series. That was 10 years ago. And I, and I couldn't and I couldn't help but think, Zach. Like every time a Cincinnati team loses in the postseason, you go back to, you go back to. Oh, if only we, if only this had gone our way. Yeah. With the Reds, it's 2012. With the Bengals, it's 2015. With the Bearcats, it's 2018. 
Someone said to me last night on Twitter, you can't throw the Bearcats into the Cincinnati sports cards. Oh, yes, we can. Yeah. When they're as woven into the fabric in the city as the Reds and the Bengals are, I think you can. They're in there. Yeah, they're, I don't, yeah, they're in there. I don't know how they're not. They're, they're in the curse. Everyone is. This, I mean, this, but this just feels like, I mean, this just feels like rock bottom. 2020, COVID, ruining what would have been a really fun season. I mean, we were going opening day. You know, this team was going to be enormously fun to watch. They were going to, you know, they were going to make you bang your head against the wall, probably. They were going to make you celebrate. They were going to make you go out on a Friday or Saturday night and have a beer and talk about, oh, yeah, this guy's been really good over his last 10 games or something like that. And, you know, and, or this guy had a really good start last week and, you know, he throws a nasty whatever. Um, we had a season. I mean, it would have been the the curse at an extreme level if there wasn't a season. And for a time, I thought there wasn't going to be. It, it you know, it was a season. Um, so you know, it, the the winner of this is is going to be. I don't think there should be an asterisk. I mean, everybody had. Everyone played sixty games except for the Cardinals, but um, and Tigers, but. Um, everyone had the same challenges. It was a, it was an even playing field. I mean, it was you know the winner of this deserves the the glory that they get. The winner the winner deserves the piece of metal. Oh yeah, yeah, just a piece of metal. They're just that's it. That's all they're playing for. And Mike Greenberg says he liked the way Rob Manfred handled that situation. I know. I heard that too. I, I that made me sick. I I was wondering if he misspoke or. Uh, yeah, that was bad. I don't know, but um, anyway, so. We talk about what this team needs in the offseason. It's guys who can get on base. Yep. I mean, you can't, you can't keep relying on the home run ball. Because as we saw, it's either you hit home runs or you don't hit home, you don't hit home runs. And in the postseason, it's all about getting guys on base and manufacturing runs. Okay, um, moving on. Um, has it... If you... Let me, let me think about how to phrase this. Stop me if you've heard this before. Marcus Freeman can coach defense. Marcus Freeman has been incredible. And I think that's what it was. It basically boiled down to last week. Before that game, it was, you know, well, don't sleep on Army and this and that. And I, I respect Army. Army's, Army was good, and, and they're, they're good. But I, I basically said that I, I'm going to give Marcus Freeman the benefit of the doubt here. I, I trust that he's going to come up with something to, to stop the option, and um, that he did. I mean, they the defense was dominant. Let's just call it what it was. It was dominant. The only uh, you know, the only points they scored were on a, on a defensive touchdown. Army scored on a defensive touchdown. Um, I, I, I wasn't worried just because of, Marcus Freeman and what he dials up defensively. And the guys they've recruited up front, Jarrell White's been incredible at linebacker. You got guys like Majay Sanders playing the way he has. It's just I trust that he's got, you know, the assignment football. I I trust that he's able to, uh, excuse me, um, he's able to, I don't know, capture that and to teach his guys, like, um, you know, discipline. This is a disciplined defense. You know, they know what they have to do, take care of business, and, and that's what they do week in, week out. That's what we've done the last three years now. So 
Uh, they've been they've been great. That was a that was a clinic. That was a defensive clinic, um, and um, thankfully they showed up. I mean, it was a great thing they showed up because the offense was a little bit uneven on Saturday. A little bit uneven. The running game definitely struggled. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Jarrell White and Myajay Sanders. How about Elijah Ponder? Ponder. Career-high eight tackles. Yeah. Michael Pitts, yeah. that forced fumble, changed the entire course of that game. Ethan Tucky with a blocked punt. He was, yeah, that didn't lead to any points, but still. I mean, flipped the field, at it, least. It did, absolutely flipped the field. And... Um, just like you said, like I wasn't worried when Army went up seven nothing. That was that was a well. Actually, I I shouldn't say that. I was. I mean, I was a little because, worried, because, but I wasn't because, like crap. Like, yeah, because Army trouble. Army's offense got the ball up seven three. Yeah. So you we talk about how great this performance by Marcus Freeman and the defense was. We forget the fact that they began the game down seven three, and they proceeded to give up three points and two. Red zone trips. One of those red zone trips came off an interception with a short field. That, my friends, is coaching defense. Yeah, that, that, that's just called coaching in general. Maybe our, uh, maybe the neighbors to the, the south of Paul Brown Stadium should take some notes. <laughs> um, no, seriously. Marcus Freeman's been contacted by NFL teams. That's how good of a defensive coordinator he is. He's, he's in, he's and the fact that he's still here. I mean, <laughs> he's, elite. he's elite right now. I mean, he is, he's an incredible um, What hasn't he done? Master. What hasn't he done? Beat Memphis? Okay, I think, they, I, think, I think they will. They have, I mean, they have a great. I think, I think that defense, what Marcus Freeman game. is able to do is he's able to, he's able to adapt his defense to whatever opponent they're facing. Last year was UCLA. Okay. No running back, we're gonna we're gonna just get after the quarterback, and they did. Uh, UCF, we're gonna rotate guys in and out. We're gonna put only three down linemen, and we're gonna you know, we're just gonna you know limit them, limit the big plays. We're sure. gonna we're, we're gonna yeah. tire them out. We're gonna tire them out offensively, and we're gonna keep our guys fresh. Okay, uh, Navy two years ago, we're gonna put uh, an extra man in the box. We're gonna, you know, use an extra linebacker four four, and we're gonna use our. We're, and now, obviously, you, you have to coach a lot of prep for that game, and they did. And last year against Memphis, you think about after the first quarter, where they scored half their points. It was a very well, and they and the other touchdown was on a double reverse, and then a late in the game. But you think about how good the defense was from like the end of the first quarter to the middle of the fourth quarter. Ten points coming up against that team, and they gave and hit, and the defense gave the Bearcats a chance in the conference title game. What Marcus Freeman's able to do is he's able to you know get his defense ready to play any single opponent, and they're very opportunistic defense. Two turnovers forced in this game. I mean, there was a stretch last year, Zach, UCF, Houston, and Tulsa. Was it fourteen turnovers in three games? Yeah, I mean, and this and this defense was not supposed to be as good as it was last year. Think about the guys they lost: Fitz, Copeland, Broughton. All right, and I, Sean and I talk about this all the time. I, I said Marcus Freeman said something in the offseason. He's like, you don't replace because he talked about what how they replaced James Wiggins. 
mind too last year. Their defense was so good with their best player out. He said, well, you don't replace James Wiggins with um, one guy. No, you're going to replace him with multiple looks, schemes, packages, whatever. Now, Javon Hicks did step in and had a very admirable season. It was great, yeah. But you think about the defensive line. It's like, all right, we're not going to replace Broden with this guy or Copeland with this guy. No. It was... Um, uh, excuse me, losing my train of thought there. It was Curtis Brooks, Ponder, Van, Sanders, Tucky, Pitts. Oh my gosh. I mean, that, that defensive line runs two, three deep. Yeah. And they can just, they can just throw, they can just, you know, use so many guys. And you're seeing just, you know, how stingy of a defense and opportunistic they are. Ahmad Gardner with the interception on Saturday. Michael Pitts with the fumble recovery. Fumble force, excuse me. Joe DeBlanco with the fumble recovery. You're seeing linebackers. All right, weak spot. Okay, DeBlanco, fumble recovery. Gerard White, career high, 15 tackles. Now, the game was won up front. I will no doubt about it give the defensive line all the credit in the world. My Jay Sanders played probably the best game I've seen him play. Elijah Ponder, great game. He can coach defense. As if we hadn't known that before. I mean, the... Yeah, I mean, what he did, the five linemen was, was a brilliant call. Um, and um, like you said, the depth, I mean, the, 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 the different guys they can go to, different looks they can give. Um, it's just like, this. it just goes to show you how, how far they've come in just a couple of years. Um, recruiting, it seems like they, they find the perfect guy that they can just kind of uh, they they kind of find the, the the perfect piece that can just kind of rotate and help the team. Um, it's not just one guy; it's fifteen guys. You know that's the best part about this defense. Even if maybe one guy goes down or one guy maybe not be playing, might not be playing his best. You can you can sure plug in somebody else. Um, you can get these guys seasoned. You don't have to play you know a true freshman just because you're desperate and you have to play somebody. No. You can uh, you can look to to you know experienced guys that uh, are playing. I mean, all the guys defensively pretty much are, have have experience. This is a, this is a, this is an experienced and seasoned uh, group. So yeah. that's that's something that's that's important. To Real quick with the offense, um, I thought the Bearcats did a really nice job of establishing the perimeter. You saw it on their touchdown drive in the third quarter with McClellan, those runs to the outside, and Michael Young Jr. and Jay Sean Jackson who played really well. Desmond Ritter, I said this on our show last night. I'd rather have the struggles happen in week two than in week nine. Yeah. You'd rather have them happen against Army than against UCF. Now, that's no knock on Army. They're a pretty good, they're a very solid team. Jeff Munkin's done an unbelievable job with that program, but um, when they needed to hit the big plays, they did. You realize on that 91 yard touchdown drive in the second quarter, Ritter was, the Bearcats were 4 or 4 on third down. And for all the struggles that Ritter has taken the last two years and all the criticism that he's gotten from fans and, you know, outside of, you know, the Bearcats showing unwavering leadership. Um, all he's done is win. I mean, what, how many games has he won? 24 now? 23, I believe. Now, this Saturday against USF, look, this conference is a gauntlet. I mean, there's some good teams that the Bearcats are playing this year, Zach. This isn't one of them, but... No, but it's a game you should win. Now, the last two years, 
have been struggles against them. I mean, last year, what happened? Yeah. What happened to USF last year? That was, that was such a rough game. That was a rough one. They were lucky to pull that one out. You know, they were lucky to pull that one out. But thanks, thank, like a lot thank, of thank you, Spencer Schrader, for missing four field goals in that game. Yeah, that was a lot of games last year. But um, yeah, I, I think this year is going to be different. I do. I think um, USF's bad. New coach, right? Uh, is it Jeff Scott. Jeff Scott, who comes from a pretty, Clemson. pretty darn good program. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, they're going to have some speed. That I, I know they've got um, a pretty good running back. Um, it's just, I, I think I think UC is going to be ready this year. I, it, it's, I think USF with a new coach, and after what happened last year, and, and you know, I, I think I, I expect UC to be in control of this one. I don't think this is... I don't see this being much of a game. Could I be wrong? I guess because the the way they played last year against some bad teams was was scary. But I've got a feeling um, the defense is in a groove right now. Um, they got to get Des. Des can't be missing these throws. That's the big thing. He missed a bunch of throws uh, early on, uh, especially in that first quarter. But Michael Young pr- played a great game. Um, He's an asset. He's a weapon offensively. Um, I think Jackson's played well. Um, I think I think this is a game UC should should cruise. But I don't know. Well, I would have said that probably about ECU. I probably said that about ECU and USF last year. That was, yeah, and look what happened. It was a almost disaster. I'll never forget what you texted me during the ECU game. What, what I said. You said I want to die. Yeah. That's a, good, that's a common one. I think me. that was before Gardner's pick six, though. I want to die. I probably that's probably what I said. Yeah. Uh, score predictions. I'll say thirty-one um, seventeen. UC wins. Really? I think it'll be a little closer. I don't. Okay. I, I, it's just the questions I have about the offense. I think it's a blowout. I think UC rolls. I think it's forty-two fourteen. I hope you're right. I just don't think. I don't know. I mean, USF. I granted. I know they played Notre Dame, but. That was like that was kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I know it's Notre. Dame. Notre Dame is good. Notre Dame is great, but I mean, I mean, their games against Clemson Oof. this year, and the ACC is better this year. Like you can't, you can't sleep on the ACC this year like you did last year. Well, yeah, they they added Notre Dame. That certainly helps. Have you so. not watched Miami play? They look good. They look. Derek King's looking pretty solid. Um, what a wild week of college football was last week. Yeah, SEC's back, huh? Auburn, Georgia on Saturday. Um, I'll take Mike Leach may no longer be the class clown of college football. No, Mike uh, Leach. Mike Leach can coach, man. Yeah. Offensively. The air raid offense. I mean, it, it's real. Yeah. Um, it's, it's Oklahoma tough. going down. LSU losing to Mississippi State, as aforementioned. Um, uh, what else happened last week? Um, Alabama won. Shocker. That's that. Um, anyway... So, how do I even be? We'll briefly mention um, what happened on Sunday in the city of brotherly love. Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. There was a game. Uh, oh good. There was a game. Uh, it ended in a tie. It was. It was the worst. You might as well have lost. Which is like, and we talked about it before this the recording. This, but it's just like the 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 Bengals. Look, they dominated the second half, and then they tried to blow it. 
But then the Eagles were like, no, we don't want this. And then the Bengals threw it right back and said, take it. And then the Eagles said, nah, we're just going to give it right back. And then Doug Peterson ended up saying, you know what, we're just going to punt, literally and figuratively, we're going to punt on this game and we're going to tie. We'll take it's, the tie. Well, I thought it was a bad decision for them to do that at first, but think about how go, think, but just go for it. Though. Think about think about how bad the NFC East is. The Giants are 0 and 3, and they look horrible. And yet they're a game out of first place. No, they're dead. Feast on that. The Eagles are the Eagles have never been more dead. And I was I I've been an Eagles defender for years. I want to talk. I want this. This goes out to my friend Elliot, Elliot Rearing, a friend of the show. Uh, I was wrong. Carson Wentz is horrific. This is bad. This is getting bad. It's, I'm not it, saying it, they it, take. He, he was right. I'm not saying take him out or bench him because I don't know what you know. May, maybe they do. I don't think they will. I don't think they should yet because, like you said, this division's still kind of open. But he's been horrible. What else is there to say? This guy looks terrible. First quarterback in Philadelphia history since 1985 with two interceptions in each of his first three games. The last quarterback to do that was Ron Jaworski in 1985. And Carson Wentz, look, I was a defender of him last year. I said going into the season, he was, Same. He was a top 10 quarterback. And I had him as a top 10 quarterback after last season. But He's been dreadful. I, take away the first half of the Washington game. He's been horrible. He's been horrible. And, oh, and, and oh, by the way, oh no, guess who they're going to play this week? Oh, the Niners. Now, granted, they're without Nick Bosa. I'm sorry. I'll take the Niners. I'll take the Niners going away. I'll, I'll take the Niners as if they're rushing for gold <laughs> all over Philly. Now, in Philadelphia, you think about their offensive line's not bad. Um, yeah. You think about. Um, uh my train of thought there. Their their defense is, is not very good. It's just like how do you tie that game? How do you only tie? Speaking of which You got bangalized. Uh the Jacksonville game, the Jacksonville game this Sunday, I mean, look, I mean Jacksonville, they're one and two. I I, I, I I'm struggling to figure them out. They they look competitive in their first two games. They they then they looked crappy against against Miami. We gotta hurry up with the two with the two minute drill. Um, we're about to run out of power here. Um, I, I'm struggling to figure this team out. I really am. Uh, their defense is not very good, so uh, I'll just go. I didn't even prepare the score, so you don't even have to do the two minute drill. Um, well, I guess we can fire up let's, that. Let's just do it. Yeah, fire up the we'll timer. Get, we'll, we'll two minute drill. Time. All right, here we go. Week four, two minute drill starting. Freeze, tell me when to go. You go right now. All right, Thursday Night Football, Broncos, Jets. Oh, my God. What, Toilet what are we doing? I'll, I'll come back to that game. Uh, Cardinals, Panthers should be an interesting game, but I'll take the Cardinals in that game, 31-24. to Colts, Bears, really interesting game there. I'll take the Bears, though, in a low-scoring affair, 21-17. Jaguars, Bengals, I'm going to do it. Jacksonville, 31-14. Oh, no, 31-14. You watch. The Bengals, oh, the Bengals offensive line is a crap show. Whoa. Browns, Cowboys, upset pick of the week. Woof. Browns over the Cowboys. What's, what's 30, gotten into you? 38-31. Uh, Browns? Uh, yeah. Saints-Lions, I'll take the Saints, 34-24. Um, Vikings-Texans, that's another terrible oh, matchup. I'll take the Texans there, uh, I guess, 27-17. Seahawks-Dolphins, I'll take Seattle, 34-20. Chargers-Buccaneers-Tampa Bay, 34-24, I guess. 
Uh, Ravens and Washington. I'll take the Ravens there. Ravens looked a little shaky the last week. I'll take the Ravens to bounce back in this week, though. Uh, 37 to 23. Giants, Rams, please. I'll take the Rams in that one. 41 to 10. Patriots, Chiefs, great game. Taking the Chiefs, 31-24. Bills, Raiders, give me the Raiders at home. I'll take them 27-24. Eagles, 49ers, please. I'll take the 49ers there. Um, 31 to 17. Then Falcons, Packers, come on. It'll be a high scoring game. Give me Green Bay 48-27. Did that quick. Did I do it in two minutes? Yeah. See when I when I when I don't come prepared, I do it in two minutes. Alright, I guess I gotta hurry. What is it? What, what, what does that mean? Hurry up. Two Bron- minute drill starting now. Broncos, Jets. I mean oh, I never made my pick for that game. That's not worth my time. So I'll take the Broncos. I'm not even gonna give a score. Brett Ripien is gonna win a game. Um, Before Joe Burrow's going to win the game. Indy, I'm going to take an Indy over the Bears. Indy wins 23-21. Tight okay. game, though. Uh, upset pick of the week. Lions win the game outright. you got to be kidding 30-27. Me. I can't wait to rest you next week. Oh, yeah? Uh, I guess I'll take Arizona. Uh, 28-24. Bengals win a game. They win their first game 27-27. Might be their only win. Uh, I'll take Denver or I'll, I'll Denver. I'll take Dallas twenty nine to twenty two over the. It's Browns. gonna be a good game. I will take the Houston Texans to win a football game thirty one seventeen over the Vikings. I like Seattle twenty seven Miami ten. Uh, I will go with the Buccaneers to beat the Chargers. Uh, I'll go thirty to twenty one. I like the Ravens to bounce back after a dreadful loss on Monday night. That was kind of a bad showing by them, to be honest. I thought they were going to roll. I'll take them to win uh, 37-20. to 20. I will take the Rams big over the Giants, 28-7. <laughs> I will take the Chiefs over the Patriots. I just like the way the Chiefs are playing. I mean, they look like the best team in football. Uh, they win that one 34-24. I will take the Buffalo Bills to stay hot. 27-23 at Las Vegas. I will I will take the Niners. 28-13 over the Eagles. And I'd like the Packers to win 31-30 over the Falcons because the Falcons will be up two touchdowns late and they'll lose the game. Or they'll flip a lot of points, but their defense will just get gashed. So, um, Broncos, Je- I never made my pick for Broncos, Jets. Give me the... Uh, give Jets me the, 3, Broncos give, I'm go. I'm going 6-3, Broncos, Jets. That does it for today's edition of Sports Anyway You Want It. He's Zach Freeze. I'm Alex Frank. We'll see you next Thursday. Hopefully with the Bengals at 1-2-1 and and the Bearcats at 3-0. 3-0. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Let's see. That's it for today. Go Bearcats and Bengals and uh, Reds in 21. Love you guys.